Mark chapter 5, 1 through 20. Let us hear from God's word. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For they had often been bound with shackles and chains, but He wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid, and those who had seen it described it to them, what happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region as he was getting into the boat. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy. On you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, so it's been two weeks since we've been in the Gospel of Mark. It was a nice break there. Luke did a wonderful job carrying us through the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, and we celebrated the resurrection of Christ last week. And now we return back to Mark as we travel through with Jesus. And and as we do, I want to do a brief recap in case we forget exactly what's going on here. See, right before this, Jesus had grown in popularity to immense amount where crowds were crushing in on him. So he steps on a boat and teaches and preaches from there. And then at evening, he casts off with the disciples in a, in a little flotilla parade to go to the other side. And Jesus falls asleep and a storm rages. The disciples freak out and Jesus calms the storm. And now we pick up with Jesus and his disciples right after they land the boat. 
And we'll find here in chapter 5 that Jesus begin, continues his ministering, ministering among the people as he walks with them. He heals them. He casts out demons and continues to perform miracles. We see that as part of Jesus's ministry along the way. But this scripture today is immensely fascinating to me. It's where we get to meet the demon legion, for they are many. We know at least 2,000, if not more, demons were possessed in this one man. But as Jesus and his disciples just get off the boat, right? They just went, the disciples just had this traumatic event, a life-changing event, you could say. And they step off the boat, and this demon-possessed man, this maniac that everyone in the countryside there knows, comes running up and falls on his knees to Jesus, possessed by legion, thousands of demons. He casts them out, puts them into the pigs of this herd on the hillside. And the 2,000 pigs go rushing down over the bank, drown in the sea. They just got off the boat from Jesus calming a storm. Now there's a herd of 2,000 pigs possessed by demons running and drowning in the sea. Hanging out with Jesus is an exciting roller coaster. <laughs> we can say that not only because we read the scripture, but because we live with Jesus. We may not think that the roller coaster is too exciting as it takes us through the ups and downs of life, but I guarantee you, as we reflect back upon it, we can see just how Jesus carried us through, helped raise our arms on the good times, and held us when we were scared coming over the crest of that hill. Being with Jesus is exciting. They find the, the herdsmen run off. They tell others. And they all gather around and the herdsmen and the people that were there described to them exactly what Jesus had done and what had happened to the demons and how they ran and drowned. And they were afraid for they saw this maniac now sitting clothed in his right mind with Jesus. So they asked Jesus, go away. We don't need that kind of trouble. So Jesus goes to get on his boat and the man who had been possessed by demons wants to go with him. But Jesus says no, and he commissions him into ministry. He says, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Now, Jesus commissions this man, this maniac, that everyone knows in the countryside to go and be a missionary, to go and be a herald to go and be an ambassador for Jesus to his friends. We look again at what Jesus did in chapter 4. We see that great crowd coming around Jesus. A crowd filled with people who were possessed by demons, who needed healing, who needed forgiveness of sins. He boards that boat because the crowd's pressing in on him so tightly, he can't teach and reach them all. So he boards the boat and stands from there to preach and to teach. People coming from all around the region, making trips days long to come here and see this man named Jesus. 
And then Jesus leaves the crowd. He leaves the moment of that popularity, boards that boat to the other side, to the country of the Gerasenes. He left people who wanted to be near him, to hear him, and to be healed by him. And when he gets to the other side, there is one man. One man who lives among the dead. The scripture tells us day and night he dwelt amongst the tombs with a life dominated by demons and by Satan who no one could help. They all had tried and none of it worked and none were strong enough for his life was in despair and he had no hope. Then Jesus shows up. And then Jesus shows up. And wasn't that how it was with our own life, with our own walk with Christ? Did we not walk around all day in this world with no hope to be found in this world? No way to escape a life dominated by sin and death? Determined, dominated by our own flesh. And by Satan. In fact, we we lived day and night with the spiritually dead, and frankly, we were okay with it. No one could help us. Ah, then Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up into our lives. Maybe we weren't possessed by a demon, let alone thousands of demons but we were living fully into our sinful nature. And then Jesus showed up. And then Jesus showed up in our lives. And this man, when Jesus lands on the shore, comes running to him and falls on his knees. He's humbled before Jesus because something within him knew that Jesus was his only hope. His only hope in life and in death. Think about this for a moment. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke, they give us more of Jesus's parables. And in those two Gospels, Jesus gives us the parable of the lost sheep. It's only found in those two. He tells us the parable of the lost sheep, which is this, that there was a shepherd who had 100 sheep, but there were 99 there. One had been lost, had been fallen away. And the shepherd leaves the 99 to go get the one put him on his shoulders and carry him home. You know, Mark doesn't tell us that parable, at least not explicitly tell us that parable. But I think if we look closely, if we listen close enough, right here in this scripture, we hear it. We can see it happening. Large crowds gathered all around Jesus, pushing in on him who want him, who need him. And Jesus leaves, crosses the sea, goes through an incredible, tumultuous storm to get to the other side, to deal mercifully with one man. And then he leaves and goes back to the other side, the scripture tells us. In the gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 9, 
before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he has the encounter with Zacchaeus. And at the end of the encounter, Jesus tells Zacchaeus and his disciples and those gathered around, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus crossed that sea in the dark of night and through a great storm with his disciples to reach this one man. He went from living in the tombs, from crying out and cutting himself with rocks, from being tormented day and night by Satan and the demons, to sitting there, clothed, and in his right mind because of Jesus. Because Jesus showed up and he was focused on the Lord. And he wanted to go with him. But Jesus had another plan for him. Go and tell. Tell your friends all that the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy upon you. How often is it that you tell others of what the Lord has done for you? Not just the little blessings, the everyday blessings and miracles, but about your very salvation. Do you share how dark and lonely, how hopeless and dominated by sin your life was? Do you share how it was that Christ came to you directly to you, how we, like this man, had no hope in the world. We looked for it everywhere, and it was nowhere to be found. We were dead at the bottom of the sea, and Jesus jumps out and swims to the bottom and pulls us up. Do we tell how he rescued us? Do we share the story with being so loved by the Father that Jesus would go through such great lengths to save us? How the Father in his loving kindness was merciful and patient with us, the stubborn, stiff-necked fools that we were that he showed us his love in this way, that while we were yet sinners, Paul writes, Christ died for us. This man, once possessed by demons, would go to proclaim Christ to the region of the Decapolis, a region of ten cities, telling of what the Lord had done. Have we even told the people in our own home what the Lord has done for us? Do they know the story of what the Lord has done? Or the houses next to us? Our friends? Our neighbors? Dear Christian, Christ has done a marvelous miraculous, life-saving work in you.
go. Go now and tell all your friends what the Lord has done in you and how he was merciful to you. Amen.